Welcome to the Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. I want to remind you guys that I am hosting a live podcast event in Freiburg. It'll be on the 30th of September, that's a Monday, and it's a part of International Podcast Day. So if you're in the Freiburg area, or if you want to make it there for a long weekend and come see my event, it'll be at 6.30 in the evening at the Carl Schritz House, which is the German American Center in Freiburg. We'll be doing a panel discussion with another local Freiburg podcasting group, followed by a live recording of the expat cast, and then some questions and answers. I am very, very excited about this event, and I hope to see some of you guys out there. If you can't make it to Freiburg, check out the International Podcast Day website because there's events happening all over the globe, as well as plenty of events online. Whether you're a podcast creator or a podcast listener, they definitely have something for you. I'm going to link to my event in the show notes, and I'll also link to the International Podcast Day website. Today's episode is almost a call and response to last week's episode. Last week, we spoke with Lauren about moving abroad with three small children. This week's guest lives in Germany with her husband and her two teenagers. She also had had experience living abroad with very little kids, and now this go around, the kids are full out what she calls little adults. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but my master's degree in library and information science was actually specifically focused on services for teenagers. So all of my graduate school work was focused on young adult literature and how to best help teenagers and understanding their psychology. So I, of course, loved getting to talk to this week's guest about her experience as she advocates for this expat experience with teenagers in tow. We touch on a lot of hot-button issues, too, such as third-culture kids, trailing spouses or expat partners, and how to balance career with moving abroad. So there's a lot of stuff in there, definitely something for everyone, and I hope you guys enjoy. My name is Linda Kerr, and I am uh, originally from Texas by way of the Northern Virginia, D.C. area, and I'm currently in the Frankfurt area, and we've been here exactly one year today. Oh, no way! Happy Gedeutschtag! That's so exciting! Ah, uh, thank you! Thank you, <laughs> and I do love that word. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sort of grammatically awful, but in a way that I just enjoy. It tickles me. <laughs> I'm, oh, I love it. I think it's perfect. I'm so glad. <laughs> and you've been a couple other places along the way as well, correct? I have, yes. I uh, spent four years in Munich in elementary school, and then we lived in uh, Qatar and Sweden when my kids were very little. So talk us through a little bit, especially as, as an adult, as someone with your own family, what went into your decisions back then to, to move to Qatar and to Sweden and then now to come to Germany? So there's a term, third culture kid. I don't know if you are familiar with that term. And I must have been one growing up and wasn't really aware that it had a name. <laughs> but when we moved back from Germany, we lived in a kind of a rural area in Texas. And I, I came back and I was different. And I think that four years that we spent in elementary school really had an impact on what I had seen and experienced as a child. And the love of travel was just kind of 
part of me for as long as I can remember. I kind of get giddy about thinking about trips and there's just kind of this high that comes with planning travel. And so when you had kids of your own, it was important to you to carry that on to them? Right. So when my husband and I got married, um, he took a job with the State Department, which then kind of leads to travel. And we were very excited to go anywhere. And (laughs) I had my first child overseas in, in the Middle East and then had my second child right in between tours. And it was just, I, I loved the idea of being able to grow from travel and give them the experience to, to see different cultures and something beyond kind of the normal American way of life. And you're in Germany for how long total or what is the plan currently? <laughs> we are here for three years. Okay. So your kids are now a little bit older, correct? They're they're teens? Yes, I have a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old. And this is really something that we had been working towards for the past, I guess, five years before we, we moved here. So we came to this career crossroads for him and sat down and talked about where we wanted to be and what we wanted to do. And we decided that we both wanted to travel and give our kids the opportunity to live abroad and move through the steps of what that would, what would that take to get there. And that was kind of when it all started. Were you nervous at all about doing this with older kids? Not so much, I don't think. Um, When we came back from Sweden, We had not expected to be in the States for as long as we had, which was 12 years. And I think we were kind of always on the edge of being ready to go. And so it was always in the back of our minds that that we wouldn't be here permanently. And we did a lot of travel with the kids when they reached about nine. And they did great with travel. And we realized these kids were made to be travelers. (laughs) What did the kids think when you started to think, oh, okay, this this time it might actually work out, this move might be upcoming? They were very excited. Uh, I will say we held back on telling them for quite a while. We found out a year before we got here with the U.S. government, you know, kind of the saying is you're never you're never really going until you're on the plane. So we <laughs> tried not to get them too excited about, about it because we just weren't sure what was going to come of it. And they were both in middle school at the time and you know, lots of emotions. And <laughs> I had a very good job and I didn't want them to find out until I was ready, until I had a plan in place. So we kind of knew about it for a long time before we started to slowly unravel the plans of what was going to happen. I would love to hear more about what your career was like, because I know for a lot of people who are in partnerships and marriages with someone who is in a job like your husband's where you're traveling for certain periods of time every couple of years, it can be hard for the other person, the expat partner, to have a career of their own since the whole situation can be somewhat tumultuous. So how did you manage that? What what was your career like? So, you know, the the term is kind of trailing spouse, which I don't really love the term for. It's Um, kind of the worst. But it is is very true. Um, And I... I'm a senior level marketing professional, and I had always held marketing positions during kind of all of our moves. Even when we lived in Qatar, I, you know, picked up some freelance work and was able to keep my credentials very up to date um, and, and stay in my field, which was great. 
when we made this decision, there were a lot of things that we had to kind of put in place. Um, my husband had to apply for a different position. Um, it meant an unaccompanied tour to a, a very scary place. And I was a single mom, so to speak, for a year. I had just gone back to work full time in a management role. And so I was juggling two kids, no husband. I you know, had to hire a nanny to help me. And so all of this was still to kind of move us towards getting abroad. I didn't realize that I would love my job so much. <laughs> and, you know, after five years there, it was um, one of those things where it was really hard, hard to leave because now it was a permanent real manager position instead of just freelance and contract positions kind of along the way. So I was in a different place when we made this move from a career standpoint. And I take it at that level, at that managerial level, you couldn't work remotely. So I I kind of had a plan all along and I slowly started restructuring my team in a way that it would make it easy for me to kind of lift out. And I promoted somebody within to take over and I kind of created myself a new position um, <laughs> to launch a different brand. And I thought this is perfect because I already know the company, I already know the players. I could completely do this remotely from across the ocean, six hour time difference. <laughs> It seems like a really good idea. I like it. It sounds like this like sneaky master plan. <laughs> there were some problems. <laughs> and I think what happened was when I when I got here, I had forgotten when you move to a new country how hard it is to get started. The internet doesn't work. <laughs> you don't have furniture. You don't know the language. So the grocery store trip that should take you half an hour takes an hour and a half because you're Google translating all the labels. And so trying to start a new quote position in a new country far away with a big time difference was probably not the right way to start. <laughs> <laughs> but you tried, I take it? <laughs> I did. I did. So I took a couple of weeks off in between the move to get settled. And then as soon as my kids went back to school, I launched in and I I think there was some kind of collision of like expat life and new position remote that just didn't work. And so I stayed on until the end of November and then just decided I needed to take a step back and really kind of figure out what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be so tough because it sounds like, first off, you loved your job. You were pretty passionate about it. You seemed pretty career oriented. And it seemed like you thought while going through this process, you had some level of expectation that that part wouldn't have to be sacrificed. So it must have been really tough getting here, settling into life and simultaneously realizing, oh, wait, this might not quite work. So how did you, what did you do next? How did you negotiate this whole thing? So it, fortunately, I still have a pretty good relationship with the company. And I, I, I said, look, I can't give you what you need in this new role. I will help you find a replacement. But we've moved here for this wonderful opportunity for our family. And, you know, I'm on calls at during dinner time or running my kids to activities and back to school night, which to be honest, at this point, since we've been here for a year, it would be fine. But in that very beginning stage where everybody is a little bit more needy, I was really stressing about 
trying to make my job work and make everybody feel at home. And I think I think the other interesting thing to point out, too, is when you have two working parents, there's this expect. Well, my husband was very, uh, very great about helping out with household chores as well. You know, we shared grocery store and laundry. But but, you know, when you when you're the quote trailing spouse, you land at a new place and your husband goes off to work and kind of the expectation is I'm here at home and I need to kind of set up the house. So I was suddenly trying to then work all of that back in with trying to work full time remote, still do all the household things. And it was just it was just too much. And what are you up to now, now that you've transitioned out of that job? So I took December off because it's Christmas time in Germany and I wanted to enjoy the Christmas markets. And as you know, things kind of shut down anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So I took the time um, to kind of figure out what I wanted to do and, you know, started taking German lessons. I realized in order to be able to function every day, I needed some basic German language skills. I won't say I got too far. I'm probably could get to an A2 if I really (laughs) studied a little bit harder. Um, But I needed to get that that going. Um, So I did that for a few months. And then I guess the idea of the website came up. I love writing and traveling. And I found this whole world of traveling with teenagers was very different than when we traveled with them when they were younger. And it's been a wonderful experience. It's like traveling with little adults (laughs) who are still kind of kids. And I realized that there was, you know, after I spent some time putting on my marketing hat and, you know, doing some keyword research and this is something that I could do that would kind of combine all of my skills. And while I'm not getting paid for it, it at least would keep a lot of what I do as a marketer current. Absolutely. And it sounds really fun. (laughs) It is fun. And if if my kids will let me take pictures of them. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's also one of the coolest things about living abroad is that it often, in one way or another, forces you to take a step back from the path you've been on, even if you've been enjoying it, or even if you haven't been, it forces you to step back, take a look, really think about what did I like, what didn't I like, and what can I do now? And it's pretty cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the alternate version of your life where you were staying back in the States working this, this career. Um, but at the same time, now you're getting to flex some different muscles and, and also to do this all as a family and, and to have that be the center of your project is pretty special, I imagine. It does force us to do more outings. I'm like, come on, if we go do this, then I have some content that I can, <laughs> I can generate for the, for the website. And in the meantime, we've had, you know, we take a day trip here and there and it's good. And it's, I have not practiced the art of photography. And so it's been fun to kind of play with that. So there's new areas still within my field that I'm getting to play with, you know, roll up my sleeves and do some of the little stuff that I normally wouldn't do. So that's been fun. Are the kids helpful with the social media aspect of it? Because I mean, middle schoolers are notoriously very hip, very cool, very aware of the trends. So do they do they share the the coolest hashtags and things like this? My kids are actually not on social media, um, which uh, <laughs> there's some debate here in the house about that. But um, <laughs> they're not. 
But my daughter every once in a while scrolls through my Instagram and looks to see what I've posted of her. Um, <laughs> they've taught me a few little things, which I don't really know how they know that, but <laughs> I guess from from friends. But they've been they've been okay with it. So your website is called Travel Teening. Yeah. Would you like to tell us about how what you've learned through this about how how one does approach traveling with the teens? <laughs> Um, well, I think, like I said, that teenagers are little adults, but they aren't, they aren't. And so they're not necessarily going to go, you know, museum to museum either. So it's been a little bit more, it's been both fun and challenging. It's fun because they will go to the museums and they have opinions and we can sit and talk about it afterwards, but they do always want to know what's next on the agenda. Um, so we have to have things kind of planned out and we have to have fun things planned out too. So it's just a different mix of things than when you have younger kids who are not studying about the French Revolution or they're learning this in school. And so it, it kind of brings it to life. So you want to make it, if you're going to travel to Paris, you want to make it good because they kind of know a lot of this stuff now. And that's so incredibly cool to me. I mean, I just can't imagine sitting in a history class and learning about these different European history topics and then just being able to say, okay, and then we'll go for the weekend to the place where this happened, look at the stuff and the places <laughs> from this this event or, or era. I mean, that's so much more powerful than letting it just stay in the classroom. It's super cool, especially things like the Romans. I mean, go to the various places all over Europe and think, oh my gosh, this is, this is incredible. They were here and they were here and they were here. So it's, it's wonderful, I think, for them to, to be able to kind of see that and have it be brought to life. Yeah, I actually, speaking of exactly the Romans, have had, had that moment recently in, in Freiburg where I live. There's some public fountains where they're decorative fountains but they spit out water and it's usually drinking water and that's a thing from roman cities and i hadn't really Mm -hmm. thought about it i just was like yeah there's these things you can get water from and then i I had someone visiting and they were telling me before they'd seen them in freiburg they were telling me oh i'd I'd been to rome and I, i learned about that there and then we sort of round a corner and there's one in person and then i was like oh right the romans were here this was part of that whole thing because i don't know nowadays i think of freiburg we're we're close to switzerland we're close to france it has you know belonged to france sometimes and i've read some stuff about you know there was a time where it was controlled by the swedes but somehow it never had really hit me that the romans were there too and just sort of these magical discoveries of stumbling across history in real time it's kind of magical it makes me nerd out really hardcore (laughs) Well, and I think it makes, I think from a, from a kid's perspective or a teenager's perspective, it makes you realize how, both how small the world is and yet how you are, you are small too. Um, this kind of contrast of it's a big place out there, but it is also small. It's this really confusing contradiction between realizing how big the world is and realizing how small it is. And realizing they're both true and both false at the same time, it's very (laughs) mind-bending. But I guess that's kind of the point, right? (laughs) Yeah. So have you given thought to what you might do after the three years in Germany? We will 
go on to somewhere else. Where we go is not certain. Um, it probably won't be determined until next summer. So we'll have a little bit of time to gear up for where that will be. Um, we're in kind of a weird position where my kids are in school. And when we pull them from high school to put them somewhere else, or do we leave them here? I need to keep my skills up as much as possible. As with, you know, I've met so many other professional women who have taken a break. I mean, I don't need certifications like people in the medical profession, but I do need to keep current with what's going on. And so, you know, looking at having college kids really soon in all honesty, I I have to go back to work because we need my income to pay for college. Yeah. <laughs> so I will have to find something, whether it is a remote position or if it's, you know, contract work or something that I can go back to. So while I'm here, my goal is to stay as current as I can, even if it's not for pay. And then, you know, if we go back, then hopefully being able to explain an absence and we experienced all this and I have something to show for it will be enough. Do you think that now sitting here exactly one year in (laughs) to this move, do you think there's anything that you've learned or experienced that you would want to tell your past self, the one who is making all of these arrangements and decisions? (laughs) Um... I think I would definitely still come to Germany. It's been a great experience for my family. Our family has become stronger for it. My kids have become independent um, as a result. The rings under my eyes have disappeared. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's been good for us all around. Um, So I definitely would tell myself to still go. I probably would say for you launch into something new, you know, learn the language a little bit and, just take some time to really enjoy the freedom of where you are and then figure out what it is that you want to do. I, I think that was the mistake I made was trying to take on too much too quickly. Do you think that you have any advice for any other mamas or papas um, or what have you and in a similar binder, a similar debate or a similar situation? So I think my advice would be You've made this decision for this awesome opportunity, and it really is an opportunity for the whole family. So make sure everybody is on board and realizes there's going to be adjustments (laughs) and changes for for everybody. And, you know, being a trailing spouse is is hard. And there are men, um, there's men in the community, too, who are trailing spouses as well. But it's it's hard to be the one who kind of has to reinvent yourself every time you move. You know, I've met lawyers and nurses and consultants and therapists who who all have advanced degrees and have done amazing things in their careers. And they've all said, you know what, we want to do this because we think this is good for everybody. And so I think it's just kind of realizing what you're here for. What is what is your goal what are you trying to accomplish in the in the few years that you're here? Because it's short. I mean, for us, it's three years. So I think when I finally had that epiphany of we're only here for three years, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to to relax for a little bit. It's it's it will be it will all be fine <laughs> and probably better on the other end. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a pretty off-topic question. You live near Frankfurt. 
Have you ever gone mm-hmm. into Frankfurt just to get Five Guys or Chipotle? I have. Oh, how was it? <laughs> so I will say that the Five Guys here is actually better than the Five Guys in the States. <gasps> what? I don't know what they do, but it's great. Um, the Chipotle, the cheese is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like German cheddar cheese. It's not oh. quite right. They always find a way to put something weird in Mexican food, even fast food Mexican food, apparently. <laughs> Pretty close. So we do go in when we need a fix. <laughs> um, and there is actually, um, are you familiar with poke, the Hawaiian food? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Well, they have one of those that just opened up too. <laughs> Ooh. Well, one of my big dreams is to make a day trip or an overnight trip to Frankfurt just to go to all of these fast food restaurants from the states so (laughs) i can gladly add this one to the list poke it's called it's called poke yeah um it's kind of the same concept as chipotle but it's rice and asian kind of flavors and then fish so if you don't like fish like raw fish like sushi fish then you might not like it but um it's really good (laughs) sounds so wonderful oh man Oh, and Five Guys, that's even better than American Five Guys. I'm still like, my brain's yeah. kind of stalling as I try to comprehend what that could even mean. It's really <laughs> expensive, but oh, it geez. is good. It's, okay. It's, yeah. Mm. It's like 12 euros or 10 euros for a, a hamburger and fries wow. and a drink. So you kind of like, uh. But my kids go in regularly um, to meet up with friends there. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> They've got good taste, those kids. Yeah. <laughs> With okay. this, we're going to round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It's a rapid-fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are oh you ready? Gosh. Okay. Um, I, yes. <laughs> okay. What is one of your go-to TV shows at the moment? Ooh. Um... Ironically, I've been watching Working Moms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. The new season just came out. Oh, how thematically appropriate. <laughs> Number two, what is the place that you have visited this go around that has surprised you the most? Oh, Croatia. That was a pleasant surprise and I would definitely go back. Awesome. And what is your number one dream destination for your next weekend getaway or vacation? Um, we are planning a trip to Rome. I don't know if that's my dream destination, but that's what we're planning next. Awesome. Well, those were your XXX and that's our episode. So do you want to take a second and let people know where they can find you? My website is called Travelteening, travelteening.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram with the same handle, Travelteening. And I try to keep the content current. And I would love if, if uh, other people have some thoughts and ideas. I'm on Facebook too, same handle. Um, I'm always looking for questions and new things to write about. Awesome. We will link to all of that in the show notes. And yeah, I can definitely recommend it. We got connected through Instagram and um, you have a really fun page to follow. So I can only strongly recommend it. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show, Linda. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks again to Linda for coming on the show. 
Links to all things travel teening will be found in the show notes along with the link to the International Podcast Day website and to my event in Freiburg. You'll also find links there to the expat cast on social media. Our handle on Instagram and on Twitter is, you'll never guess, it is the expat cast. <laughs> or you can email us at theexpatcast at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, goes to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and to Amy Lunky Art for the logo. Thanks to Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week on the show, I talk to a rival expat Germany podcast. Who could it be? And do we fight? Is it just 30 minutes of feuding? You'll have to wait until next Thursday and find out. Until then, have a great week.